So we have Luca Vassell here on the podcast. Luca, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, if you want to give us like a quick five, ten minute, maybe not five, ten minute, uh, but just a quick potted intro, who you are, what you're about, what you've been up to. Uh, so my name is Luca. I'm a Brazilian-American photographer based out of Washington, D.C. I'm really big into concert photography. I really like taking pictures of people and showcasing the amazing city that we have and helping it make a name for itself in this huge world that we kind of forget these like these cities that aren't New York or LA. So where did it all start? You were you born in Brazil and then your family came to DC or like what, how did we get? So I was born in Brazil and I lived there for about two years. Uh, I moved to Philadelphia with my family and then I came to DC for college about six years ago. Okay. And what was, why DC and what exactly like were you studying? Uh, I was studying, interestingly enough, I studied political science and strategic communications. So I came to DC because it was a city that I realized would give me the most opportunity compared to the other smaller towns that I was looking at. And I really wanted to get out of the small mind, the small town mentality. And I wanted to try a bigger city and I fell in love with DC really quick. You said Philadelphia? Oh, right Philly? outside of Philly. Okay. But so, still. But like those suburbs, it, it had like a small town vibe or like. Yeah, definitely much smaller town. Okay. I, I, I kind of grew up in the same way where it's like, was it people just didn't progress or the kids in high school that you, that were your friends graduated and they just stayed there or was it? Yeah. this is, It's interesting because I went back uh, around New Year's. I went home to my high school reunion and it was interesting because a lot of people told me that they had stuck around and they were doing really cool stuff. They loved the town, but a lot of them told me that they had wished they had done something else and they wished they had the opportunity to leave. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. The fact that like, I would, and they, they would ask me like, oh, how does it feel to have gotten out? And it was a weird question because I had, because I always, I always just like saw myself going to a city and I really wanted to try it. But I had never been asked, like, what was it like to get out? Because I didn't feel like I was imprisoned anywhere. I just felt like I wanted a change of scenery. Yeah. I guess maybe by them being there long enough, it, the prison, like, the bar slowly closed in oh, on yeah. them more Definitely. and more. It was, it was weird. They would say, like, they would, talk, they would talk about what they were doing, what their job was, and then they would, they would just kind of complain about it. And just say like, ah, oh, you know, it's not, it's not great. Uh, I hate what I'm doing, but like, what about you? What's, what's it like being like outside being in the city? And I, and it feels weird following that up with, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty great. And I'm like really happy with where I'm at in life. Yeah. It, like, did you feel, you feel kind of guilty a little bit? Yeah, I did. Definitely guilty. So now you're in DC and what drew you was the political scene, obviously. Um, was photography always in the background or was it something that kind of, grew as a side hobby like how did, how did you kind of find yourself into photography um i really don't know at some point it just kind of clicked for me uh no pun intended but it was a re i think at one point i took uh i took an art class in college and it was photography and video art and that was the first time that i really picked up a dslr and learned it through and through and from there i just really fell in love with it and i found myself focusing so much on my composition on what i was taking pictures of i studied abroad in europe and all i brought was my phone to take pictures with and i realized that compared to everybody else i was taking i was just focusing on my composition i was trying to do these really artistic photos with a phone and i spent those 
uh, six months abroad just focusing on composition and trying to learn about my style. Yeah. So it was all self-taught. You never, there was, I mean, was there a seminar that you went to one day or like what was, was it just every day being inside or not be, not every day being inside, but like every day actively photographing and concentrating on the craft? Yeah. I mean, I did, I took the class and while they, while they taught you the, taught you the camera and taught you all the settings and things like that. Uh, I learned from my friends. I learned from other creatives around here. And it was just about like being out there and just working in different environments. So whether it's being out in super bright sunlight and learning how to compensate for that or being out in pitch black and trying to figure out what you're going to do because you clearly, you like can't see what you're taking a picture of. Mm -hmm. And your type of work, it doesn't, it's mainly, I call it like, naturalistic or there's no no studio element to it there's no flash elements to it so interestingly enough i only recently got into studio work because i shoot uh even though my day job is in advertising i don't shoot photos for them very often but i do the headshots for people at the office and that was my first introduction into studio work and i was not used to it i'm never i haven't i was never used to a flash before but it's pretty interesting. I respect the people that can do it. It's very difficult to make it look very artistic. So the people that do it very well are absolutely amazing and talented. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's always the thing that's like intimidating me is the flash or like where to angle it. Because, you know, in video, there's continuous lighting so you can always see what's going on. Whereas flash, you're just kind of, is there like a guessing element to it? Or are you just kind of like experiment, like flash, pop one off, see how it goes and... Yeah, for for me, I I went into it just experimenting. But uh, one of my coworkers, uh, who's the main photographer, he goes in and he knows everything immediately, and he knows exactly how to set it up. He'll do like two test shots with me, and it'll come out perfect. And I strive to get to that point one day. But for now, focusing on natural light. Nice. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Maybe we can go into like your process. We can go. We can touch on gear. I know. Ge like, and the gear question is always kind of weird with photographers and video because it's like it doesn't matter necessarily but uh what camera have you decided on and like and how, how did you get that decision uh so i shoot with uh sony a7 III. uh i started learning i learned on a rebel just like a canon rebel like most people did and i eventually transitioned my family had a sony a55 which not many people know what it is but it's this cropped not necessarily a d i guess it is a dslr but it was a super cropped sensor and the images out of it are really good if you can like if you understand it but if you push the iso too much it gets super noisy but uh, i am a sony shooter after spending a lot of time with that camera i was really used to the setup and it's a it's my favorite camera right now Sweet. And then you're shooting, or what's kind of your workflow nowadays? You'll shoot it on your camera. Do you send it straight to your phone like some people, or do you go through Lightroom? Yeah. So I don't like, sh I don't like sending it to my phone just because right with the technology, right? While we do have amazing technology right now, you can't send a full raw file over, uh, over to your phone. The quality dips ever so slightly. And while it might not be noticeable to most people, I feel like for me, I notice it right away and I can see, oh, that's not as sharp as I would like it to be. But then when I look at it on my computer, it's completely sharp. So I don't send it over to my phone. I'll wait. I'll go home, plug everything into my computer, uh, dump all the images onto a drive, and then go from there. 
Okay. And then edit process, are you, I mean, what, are, what, what do you go through? It's Lightroom. Are you doing presets? Are you doing, do you have some sort of workflow that shortens that process or do you, are you a person who likes to, like, do you enjoy the editing process? Yeah, I do enjoy the editing process. It, um, for me, I, I do have a set number of presets that I kind of go to uh, after I figured out what my style was and the colors that I, I liked more. I started to adjust to that and I have a few base presets that I like starting out with and then just tinkering from there. Uh, not every image is going to look the same. I don't like having it too perfectly in sync, but start off in Lightroom. If there's minor things like something in the background that I don't like or something on the floor that I don't like, I'll Photoshop that out. Uh, I don't touch Photoshop too often unless it's for a client and they request specific tweaks to their face or their skin or something like that, then, uh, that's, then I'll go through Photoshop for primarily just in Lightroom. Okay. And are you thinking about formats when you're shooting as to another photographer? Like when you're shooting the photo, are you thinking about square? Are you thinking about vertical? Are you thinking about, you know, 16 by nine formats or like, where's, are you thinking about the social platform that it's going to play on or, this is this is a, this is an interesting question because I feel like somebody somebody brought this to my attention on Reddit the other day because we're so we're so used to now that our phones crop to like this vertical the vertical view. Uh, I like portraits in that. Obviously, landscapes are different, and I'd rather have like my videos full size. Um, my photos, I do like having them in vertical, and I guess cropping to social media. Uh, it does crop down like that, but primary, I guess I don't really think about it going into it. I'll play with it afterwards. I'm like, Oh, okay. That worked. Or like, huh, I wish the photo was a little bit more wide so that I could squeeze like that extra detail that was in there or like bring a little bit more sky in. Uh, so I think a lot of people nowadays shoot for, I am passionate about this. Uh, I think a lot of people nowadays shoot for social media and they shoot for what's what'll look good on social media, what fits the crop, et cetera. And I think that's like, that's not what we should be doing. I think we should be doing what we love and finding the images that we love as opposed to what other people would love. Yeah. That's why I asked the, uh, the phone question yeah. because if, if, you know, you're just going to see it on your phone, the quality doesn't have to be print quality or super size quality. It can just be like, send it to your phone. Cause I'll, yeah. cause I'll, I'll do that sometimes. It'll like send it to my phone and just like, you know, good enough. Like, yep. Let's get it out there as no, quickly I as that. possible. Yeah, I, I usually keep two versions. I'll keep a version. Uh, I'll export a version that's full size, 300 pixels per inch. And then I'll keep one that's sized for digital just in case. Because I've done a few prints for friends. And I learned the hard way that I didn't save one of the images as uh, as a print size. And people were asking me for the image, and I was like, uh, "Okay, I need to, I need to like go back and either take the image again or yeah. find a way to like redo the full edit from the original raw." Nice. So let's talk about. Uh, let's go a little bit more into the side hustle of your photography because uh, you have a full time job yes. as a you said as a digital strategist and. Most folks, if they have a side job, it's like it's because they can sort of tolerate their job or like the job that they have is not quite their passion or something that fulfills them. I think you're a little bit different in this case. Like you, you actually, you're, maybe it's, maybe it's weird to say you're a strange one that enjoys your job, but you also, but you look at photography 
in your side hustle as, uh, or maybe maybe you, you might be better to elaborate yeah, on this. I'm trying, a, let's let's hack this. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it's tricky to explain how you look at it. Yeah, I love my job. I love my team. Uh, I always come into work bright eyed, bright eyed, and bushy tailed. And I think I'm I, I'm really good at what I do at work, and I and I like doing what I do, but. Uh, part of me needs to be expressed at times and my creativity sometimes can't be expressed through digital strategy because a lot of it is numbers and data and it's not really being creative and looking at images or changing a brand or something like that. So I need the side hustle to express that. And I think that's where my, uh, while photography would be amazing to go full time, I'm afraid that if it becomes my full-time thing, I'll lose that passion and that ability to do something creative on the side that lets me express myself. And I feel like it'll just end up feeling like it's work. And I think that's my, that's my biggest issue with photography becoming a full-time thing for me. Okay. Like if you, the, the risk that you, if you experiment too much, because that's what you would just do with creativity, you would just try to experiment, push the boundaries that you would lose some business out of that. Yeah. And I feel like you wouldn't want, I, I shot uh, 58 graduation picture, graduation sessions uh, this year. And it was a lot. It was long days. It was waking up at 6am, shooting the photos, going straight to work, doing work, coming to another session in the evening, going home, doing those edits. And for those people, like a very creative edit and something like really out of this world or like very different colors isn't what they want. They want something looking really natural. So you don't really get to express yourself in that creativity while the photo itself, I like having like my style and my angles and the way I like to portray people. You're not able to put your full creativity into it because people have these expectations and these demands that you need to meet. And I don't want to, I would never want to tell a client like what they want or what they need. I'd want to follow like their guidelines and what they want. What would it take or are there plans to ever go full time or is it like if something made sense to go full time in the photography world? I think if I started working with if I started working with clients that understood my style and a lot of and a lot of the people from graduation understood my style and they came to me because of that and they had friends that had worked with me before and they said, look, we love your style. We love the way you take pictures. Uh, like here's a little something that's different, but we just want you to like do your own thing, like do what you love. And for me, I think I would have to work with clients that do that. And if it were a brand, if it were a company, if it were, if it were, if it were a product, if they understood me and understand my flow and the way I do things, my vision, then I think, I would be able to transition also money because money is important. Oh, of course. That's why people like, uh, they say they would stick at their job and they're like, yeah, but what if you doubled your salary and went to another job? Would you leave that job? Like, yeah, would leave. Yeah. Like, uh, absolutely. You're more in the strategy world during your day job. And I think that is, I think that's the end all be all when it comes to content, making content and just putting it out there. I think only gets you so far or just like, to just or at the beginning it works but when you want to really make a serious impact or you want to target the right person or you want to achieve a specific goal whether it's your personal goal as, as your own business or with a client you need strategy you need some kind of like game plan end goal in mind um 
when you're working with a client, how are you kind of bringing out those end goals? How are you uh, sort of crafting that strategy uh, in, t- in terms of like building their brand or improving their brand? So a lot of it is understanding a lot of the, a lot of it is understanding their company. And sometimes a lot of people don't really understand their company and what they want. They're just kind of posting on social media for the sake of posting on social media because other people are out there, but you need to understand people need, people need to understand that social media isn't like, you shouldn't be a part of it just because you should be on it with a specific goal. So are you trying to reach more people? Are you trying to get people to your website? Are you trying to get people to buy a product, um, know your name, et cetera? All of these are things you need to think about going into it. So if you're trying to lead people to a website, there is specific goals there and like a specific way to do that. Um, with links, specific content, bumping your website up using SEO. Um, a lot of people just, a lot of people post on social media and they just post whatever is like cool right now or they try, they like try to go viral. I've had so many, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come to me and say, we want viral content. And I said, well, that's not how that works. You don't decide what's right. viral. The internet decides what's viral. So it's, it's an, it's an interesting it's interesting figuring out or learning about how these people view social media and how they view themselves because sometimes people don't even understand themselves and they don't understand social media. You know, it, what happens when you run into that where they say, you know, you ask a, a deep question about their process mm-hmm. or who their audience is and they're like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, that's – so then we step in and we, we guide them through that. So So we do – my team and I, we sometimes do social media trainings. So we customize a full deck for people. We take a look at their analytics. We take a look at their audience and we show them like, you might've thought that you were focused on teenagers, but your audience is actually mostly moms living in this area. Uh, It's primarily like 80, your audience is like 80% women and they like these certain things, which is creepy as anything that social media knows all the stuff about the, about us, but, uh, it really helps you figure out what you need to post more about and what you need to focus on. Yeah. No, it's like, so face, I, I always tell people that Facebook is the greatest advertising tool available. And then just like, whatever, like, I don't, it's like, no, man, like if you want to, if you want to pinpoint the most specific type of person who does this most specific type of behavior, then go with Facebook and Instagram. That's true. Well, I mean, what what do you think with that? With uh, how the maybe maybe we can talk about trends with social media, or um, on maybe on the paid advertising side, because I think people, when you just tell them like, oh, we're gonna do an Instagram campaign or a Facebook campaign, they just think you mean like click the boost button. Like, what what is actually behind that, or what's actually behind a, a paid campaign? So we actually have a full team at work. Uh, how many people is it? Like. 12 people i want to say we have 12 people dedicated to social media advertising and getting those ads in front of the right people uh while i have some experience with small boosts and paid i don't i focus primarily on organic and making sure that uh, a client's social media is exactly what they want it to be and what is resonating with their audience mm-hmm. and so what is the what should be the mix with a, say, a small business or even like a photography business? What should be the mix of organic versus paid ads? Um, so it depends. Some some organizations just want paid. And I think 
I think you need to have a very healthy mix of both. I think you need to be able to invest money into your social media and be able to boost posts, do a full advertising campaign. But you should also understand that just because like when someone sees that ad for you, they're going to click on your page. And if they see nothing and they don't see anything really interesting, they're gone. Like the amount of, like the amount of time that you have to actually capture someone's attention is so limited that you need to make sure that everything is perfect. So being able to, share like your blog or articles on Facebook or an image from an event or a video, uh, putting your opinion out there, putting your organization's voice out there. These are all very important things that you need to take into consideration. You can't just do one and not the other. So I like, I have a lot of clients that rely a lot on organic, but they never put, but when I look at their, they, their data, they don't put any money into paid and I tell them, well, we need to come up with a strategy here. Uh, so when you're doing like a big event, you should be putting some money behind X number of posts or something like that. So it's definitely a balance. Yeah, because you're fighting, you're fighting a little bit of the algorithm that even your own followers won't see a page because just how it is. So like if you sometimes even just have to pay to get your own followers to see what you're putting out there. Yeah. And and that's got I guess that's maybe goes on without saying that with the paid side of advertising as great as it is and as targeted as it is that if you turn off the faucet you know it stops. So they can, like when you're working with clients uh are they are you kind of making sure that they're aware of that that they need to have like a long-term strategy to this not just like a we're going to do a you know, $2,000 in 30 days and see where it goes. Yeah, no, it's definitely, there's definitely a long-term strategy. And I think nowadays we feel this, we feel this, um, this need to keep paying for it. Uh, I've seen so many pages that have millions upon millions of followers and you might think, oh, I see that their post got whatever many thousand engagements that clearly they like bottle these followers, but sometimes that's not true. Like sometimes people just don't see these posts. So there's definitely a long-term strategy and people need to understand that it's a, like social media is a long-term game. Like it's not just, oh, it's just post just because you need to like follow a strategy. And what lessons have you learned from your full-time job and applied it to your own work and <laughs> your own feed? Uh, I definitely took some advice from the paid team and I think I did, two paid pushes on a couple posts because I saw them starting to pick up engagement and what I've learned is okay as soon when, when that starts happening clearly people like it let's boost it a little bit more and see what happens and I've done a lot of A-B testing between audiences it's been a big thing for me as I figured out that most of my audience is here in Washington and they like content from Washington but if I post something about like streetwear fashion in LA or something like that I took in LA, it re it's different than it's a different audience. So playing with different audiences, that's been a big thing and figuring out best times to post, uh, doing a variety of content as opposed to just like one thing, like the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All things I've learned. Nice. And what's kind of your, we can call it workflow or we can call it like, customer path or like what's your what would you say is like the customer journey for your uh brand do you, you they find you on instagram and they go here or like 
Yeah, for me, it's been a lot of... So I started being paid for work, I want to say about two years ago. And yeah, yeah, just about two years ago now. And for me, this is, it's still like a very new thing because again, this is a side business and I haven't really been able to focus too much on how to bring people to me. But uh, I did start on Instagram. People, I built a following there and then it became a lot of word of mouth. So I've been leading people to a website. So I usually just like, get my posts up, get a few people to share it around and then uh, lead people straight to my website. And then from there, they would either just find your work, buy your work yeah, or, so, so or there's contact a, you for a job. Yeah, there's a, there's, a full, there's a full page for contact and information. There's a full portfolio page that showcases each type of – each of the types of work I do, which is uh, portraits, uh, urban and lifestyle, live and fashion. Nice. Out of those genres, which kind of do you enjoy the most? It's interesting. I really, for me, I really like live and concerts. Um, my friend Tanya, she's one of the most talented photographers in the city, and she taught me almost everything I know. Uh, she uh, she inspired me to really push for working for concerts and working for artists. And one day I, and a lot of people ask me how you get involved in that. How do you get to like, be on tours how do you get to be yeah at big concerts like how do you this get a media camera? pass or anything? yeah exactly and for my advice is build a portfolio start with a local artist start with a local band uh get good at that build that portfolio and then once you're ready craft an email to send to an artist and don't just send an email saying like hey i want to take pictures of you like can i get a media pass best like luca no you have to come up with an email that showcases like your work uh shows that you're professional and because their management's looking at it they're looking at it and they can quickly decide okay yes no maybe and from there uh i started working for free because i wanted to build that portfolio and then eventually you can start saying no to people saying yes based on prices and a big thing in the game now is that people want to people want work for free like they 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 don't want to pay you they want they think that they're giving you an opportunity which they are but they need to understand like a lot of artists need to understand that in order for them to get the content that they want and get the images that they want they need to pay for it like same thing so yeah it's definitely about pushing yourself building a portfolio and you start to understand the way things work pretty quickly and it's yeah there's a there's a lot of really talent there's a real a lot of really talented photographers in the city and a lot of really talented concert photographers sweet can you tell me about a concert that like really like kind of blew your mind yeah. as a photographer so like how you got there how you got the pass and all that uh how i got the pass um yeah i did a show with jai wolf uh, Sajib, he's an amazing guy, just like this incredible human being and so nice and somebody that respects all artists work, whether it's a videographer, a photographer, a musician, he's like always all about it. And so I was working with the venue for that show. And so I was shooting it and covering it. And I met his photographer, uh, because we had a mutual connection. And then I got to hang out with the artists until like, two in the morning and 
it was just this crazy experience because we were all just sharing our work and like he was showing us music, like we were showing him our photos and it was like this really surreal experience. And I realized, oh, wait, I have work in the morning. I have to go. Nice. So that was a pretty cool one. Uh, aside from that, I'm trying to think of any other like crazy, crazy like shows that I've. Well, Vagina Wolf, I mean, that the you got the pass or was that at 2 a.m. and then. The next time around, you got you went to the oh, show. Oh no, no, that- no! So, so I was working with the venue and the promoter, and I had gotten the media pass through them because they liked my work. Uh, they liked me shooting shows, and I just built that relationship. Like being able to hang out with them, I built that relationship with them, and I keep in touch with this photographer every so often. Um, I haven't really kept in touch with Sajib too much, but just building relationships is really important. And it's like those small moments where like you should always like introduce yourself, like be kind, be friendly to these people. And sometimes the music industry can be really tough. Like people don't want to talk to you. People have been on the road for hours and like, they're not interested in whatever photo you took. You just need to like understand your place and figure out when the best time is like build that relationship and figure out when to talk to people. I had a, I had a guy recently, um, he he asked me how I do this because um, I also shoot video for artists because nowadays photo is important, but a lot of people just like those really quick, like 20 second clips of them on stage. And I had someone ask me like, oh, how do you get this? Because I've emailed so many venues. And I said, well, you shouldn't be talking to the venues. You should be talking directly with the artists. And he was like, okay, so can you give me the, some artist emails? And I said, well, I can't because you need to find that on your own. And like, while I do want to help you, I, I want you to like not be handed everything because for this, like you need to chase it. And I gave him some advice because I, the I then asked him for his portfolio and if he had like any sort of experience with videos and what his, like if he had any sort of videos of shows, he said he didn't, but he had a few YouTube videos. I took a look at them and I told him, I was like, man, like, I'm really sorry, but this stuff isn't really that good. And I gave him like, I gave him criticism for it and said like, this shot was really good. This was really good. But I think you did like too much of this and this and gave him the constructive criticism and told him like, like figure out your style, get a bigger and like build a portfolio more and then uh, bring that to artists. And then you'll be able to uh, enter this scene, this space. Yeah, that's a, I. That's awesome. Yeah, I get those same comments on YouTube, and it's like they want you just to tell them exactly like step one, two, three, and then send them the link and the download yep. how to do everything. <laughs> it's um, tough. Which I mean, when it comes to things like presets or tutorial videos, I think that I think that's okay. To oh like, yeah, absolutely. This, this is directly how you do it. Um, but yeah, yeah. If you want to talk more about that, like trying to like just be handed an opportunity or like versus trying to earn an opportunity. Um, I've definitely, I am definitely guilty of this. I've definitely asked people like, Oh, can you like put me on a show? Can you like help me with this? And I quickly realized like just how annoying that was and how like, wait, like these people worked hard for this. Why should they just like hand me something? So um, I think it's tough. I think, Everybody should have the experience, but I think people should get to that experience when they're ready and when like they're comfortable because 
I know a lot of people that shoot concerts simply because they want that backstage pass and they want to show people, oh, look, I'm backstage at a concert. That's cool and all, but like, what's that going to get you? Like that one story post, that one Instagram post, like you need to work hard. You need to build your, you need to build your reputation and you need to understand that like, this is a business. This isn't just like an opportunity for you to like flex on all your friends. So I'm really passionate about that. I've seen a lot of people do it. I've called a lot of people out doing it. I was actually shooting a show for my, my two buddies, uh, Andrew and Devin, uh, they go by double date and they're out of Baltimore and they were shooting, they were, they were doing a show and their friend was running their social media. And this friend ran to like the front of the stage, to take a picture of them. And there's like an unspoken rule that you never get in front of the artist and because it blocks the view of the crowd and it just kind of interrupts the flow of the, of the show. So I pulled said friend to the side and I said, what are you doing? I go, I'm taking a picture. I said, yeah, but why are you doing that? And they, they were like, oh, because like it's a good picture and like their social media. I said, yeah, no, that's not what's important right now. Like this moment for them is very important and what the audience's experience is very important. So understand your place and understand that like you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And then never went back. So yeah, yeah. no, that's that's important. And, w- and with like uh, one thing I thought of just what you were saying about trying to get an opportunity or like working for an opportunity. I look at it that like you should always, you should be sharp. You should be like your opportunity will come one day. Like, and when it does, you better be ready. So it's like, it's always being prepared. So whether or not you're actually in it or doing the thing you love or, or you're on the big gig that like your portfolio is sharp, your skills are sharp. So that when that big job does come in and the huge artist says like, all right, I want you to work for me that you're like you can perform yeah and it's like a lot of people a lot of people get jealous of people's opportunities like oh like this person's going on tour with tiesto this person is like shooting this festival this person's on tour with this person and like you can either go through the stages of jealousy and like being pissed about it or you can think to yourself you know what that was their chance that was their opportunity like that was their moment. Your moment will come. And I learned that at a panel with Walk With Locals. Shout out, Carl. Um, and I think we. I think everybody has their moments. I think everybody will have these moments. And I think it's not. It's so important to not get hung up on what other people are doing because, like, that's them. It's not you. And I'm guilty of it. I've been, I've gotten upset, like seeing my friends going out doing huge things and me just like sticking around doing portraits for whoever. But then I realized like, no, like you have to get good at this first before you can get to that. And like somebody will eventually come to you. And they have like people have at one point, people just like started emailing me and asking me to do things for them. And while that's not always the case, it's so rewarding to finally get that email from someone saying, hey, I saw your work. I'm a big fan. Would love to work with you. Send me your rates. That is probably like the career advice. Yeah, no, it's right it's so rewarding to get that to get that email, even though sometimes like it's tricky to get there. Yeah. Yeah, because there I mean, have you well, you just said it that you've had like moments of jealousy. Yeah. I've even found that I like I will unfollow friends or like <laughs> coworkers or like former college students to, or college classmates just to be like, I, you know, 
it's great, but like that just gets in my head too much. Yeah. I think there's people doing really awesome stuff. And I think you just need to see like, you know, you should be like proud of them. Keep that relationship. Um, my buddy, my buddy Danilo Lewis, he was based out of DC, but he moved to LA. He, uh, because of his, because of his relationship building and being able to talk to be people and being so friendly, he became the Chainsmokers tour photographer um, because they were playing. They like met at a club in DC and built that relationship and like kept talking and like, yeah, sure. He could have gotten jealous of like whatever person was on the road, like could have like, like forgotten about an opportunity because he was chasing something else. But like the fact that he was able to like build those relationships and like keep stay in contact with those people. Um, that's what's important. And even now, like when he's sitting at however many tens of thousands of followers and like however many fans and like tours he's on, he's still like when you message him, like, and like you knew him before, he's like still is like happy to talk to you and ask your stuff. Like whenever I post a video uh, from a show or something, he's always asking like, Oh, what song is this? Like I need this. Oh, nice. And I'll send him it. But yeah. I mean, what element is, luck with all this i mean it's like you may you may be skilled or we we all you know or a couple of your peers may have the same amount of skill but they, that person just got lucky or they met the right person at the right time it's true it is uh, there are a lot of lucky moments with that same thing with uh shooting photos or videos like you got that one lucky shot like you were in the right place at the right time i think like i just think you need to open yourself up to those moments so rather than like a big thing in the photographer in uh, in the photographer photography jeez i can't talk photography world is ego and i think a lot of people have it i have one um and i think people let that get the better of them sometimes and i think like they don't want to talk to people like they're just here they're here to work like oh i'm with the artist whatever but like you should take the time to like talk to other people and just open yourself up and who knows maybe that one person knows somebody else and like that's your random moment. That's your luck right there. But yeah. it's a really small world out there. I've met so many people that know random people that I know and we just all end up connecting and having a really good time. So yeah, I think definitely the advice there is while it is luck, I think like in order to get lucky like that, you need to just open yourself up more. Yeah. Or it's, or it's getting lucky, but just roll the dice a little bit more times. You'll get lucky eventually. Um, I mean, that kind of goes to, um, I don't know if you've ever read like Gary Vee's book, uh, the thank you economy. I have not. Where it, it, it's it's like his most unpopular book out of all the books he's written, huh. but not to say that it's a bad book. Um, but he kind of talks about that, that the internet has sort of made, has shrunken down our relationships into like back to the town village of, you know, the 1700s where you knew your neighbors, the baker, the mayor, you know, it's like, it's kind of shrunk and everything to where you do have a mutual friend and a friend of a friend who knows, you know, the person you're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's cool. It's a, re it's really small. Like who was it? It was, um, I'm like trying to think of like a really good example now. Yeah. I guess it was, I guess it was, uh, I guess it was Sajib Jai Wolf. We, we were hanging backstage and then suddenly my buddy Julian shows up, my friend Seba and, my, and then we were talking about my friend Chris and we we're just sitting there and we're like, this is, this is weird. Like we all like kind of like 
rotate around the same friend group and like yeah. we all kind of like weirdly know each other so it was a really like strange moment but it's cool that like you can build that relationship then that's awesome what is the dc scene like with uh photographers and other creatives you say you you know you kind of work a little bit with walk with locals um is it competitive is it open and friendly is it collaborative and is it different from say new york or la in uh, a lot of ways dc is an interesting place and i've always said i i always come back to this dc as a city overall in the grand scheme of things is not a creative city it is a city fill it's it's a political city people are here for work and they they like come into the city they work they leave new york in the grand scheme of things is a very creative city. Like people there, like even just sitting on the subway, you can see like everybody has their own story, like their own thing happening, whether it's building a clothing brand, being a photographer, being a model, et cetera, et cetera, whatever side business in DC. I don't think it's like that, but I think that the people that are creative here, the people doing things like you doing your video and this podcast, me doing my photography, um, models, brands, communities, those people are just out of this world. Like the creativity is to another level. And while New York in like the grand scheme of things is more creative, I think the people like they're the smaller creative group here is like more creative. Like the intensity is higher. Exactly. And I think it's yeah. because DC needs to make a name for itself because all mm. DC, the rest of the world sees DC as the capital of the U S they see us as this political center where like the president lives and that's where just the political system is. And that's all it is. And people see us in the movies and they think DC is the mall and that's it. When there's so much more to this city than just that. Yeah. People have talked about it. That's kind of, uh, maybe sadly that it's like a middle culture. Yeah, yeah. Talked about it. It's like, it's not, it's not Atlanta, but it's not New York city. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's trying to be Southern, but it's also trying to be a Metro. Yeah. It's so, it's so strange. And that's why I think like people here try to make a name for it. And that's why like the creatives here are on just a different level. But back to the question of like, com like being competitive, I think it's on each person. I know a lot of competitive photographers around here. I know a lot of people that are very open. And I think in general, the community here is very open. And I think everybody wants to make DC known for the creative community here. And I think that it's really amazing. I, I love being able to go up to like, when I go to like the walk with locals events, it's nice to just be able to go up to people and talk to them, talk about what they're doing, their process, what they're up to. Uh, Carl actually told me, he was like, you should ask people. Was it him? No, it wasn't Carl. It was, uh, one of the guys from Eaton, D.C. that said, go up to someone and ask them, so, like, what are you doing, like, creatively? Like, what's your thing? What's your creative thing? And, like, guarantee you, like, they'll their face will light up and, like, they'll have, like, this really awesome answer for you and it won't be, like, a BS, like, social media answer or, like, whatever their <clears throat> their primary job is, what their, what their nine-to-five is. Um, so, yeah, I think the creative community here is really open. I think that there's a lot of people out there that let ego get the better of them. Um, especially here in DC, I won't, I won't name names, but I think there's a lot of people out there that think like, Oh, you have like a big following on social media. Okay. Like clearly I'm better than you or something like that. Uh, we, Carl talked to me about this at one of the walks that he, 
um, that he went to an event here in DC or maybe it was New York or somewhere, but he introduced himself and they were like, Oh, is that your social media name? And he was like, no, that's just my name. And they looked him up, found like his numbers and they're like, Oh, like 800. Cool. And just like ignored it. Like didn't follow or anything like that. And it was just like a comparison of these numbers. And it's like, why is that the first thing that we look at in like in this game? Why aren't we looking at like what they're doing, what their photos are like? And I think a lot of us are guilty of that. I've definitely done it before, but I think like once you call it out, then you start noticing it more. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, it's like a mental shortcut that we all kind of fall on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Businesses, especially when they're mm. trying to figure out which brands to work with or which it's true. profile to work with. Because uh, that, because that's what sells. It's like, Oh, like you have, like you can have the person that posts like pretty mediocre content or like it's their, it's their thing. Or they like, they like tried po- like creating a, doing something like this, uh, like, I don't know, posing with like a coffee cup or something like that for a brand. And it's like kind of just forced and weird. And they have like 50,000 followers compared to the person that did like a really creative idea with that coffee cup or did something different with it, showcased the brand in a new light. And they have like 300 followers and immediately the brand's going to go for the person with 50,000 just because of those numbers. But I really wish it was the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> quality over quantity. Exactly. Um, maybe, well, two things. Maybe you can quickly touch on what is Walk With Locals just for context yes, for the audience. Yes, I will absolutely. So Walk With Locals is this group started by this guy Carl here in DC. They ha- they host monthly meetups. It's not a f- It's not necessarily an Instagram meetup. They don't like being, we don't like labeling ourselves as that, but the community is all about meeting up with one another, talking, not being on your phone. Like if you have a camera, cool, bring it. And like, we'll walk around and take some pictures of like what we see, but it's mostly about networking and being able to like meet people in like an environment that isn't really forced. And I think it's really cool. They do some pretty interesting ones. Um, This year we did a meet, we did a meetup at Audi field at the soccer stadium and they gave us the entire soccer stadium just for our group. I think it was like 50, 60 people, just this entire stadium. Was, well, it was really cool. That's awesome. Everybody should come out. It's not like if you're a photographer, if you're a photographer or not, like you shouldn't come. People come with like their phones. It's just about mm-hmm. being able to meet new people. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds awesome. How long have they been doing that group for? Has it just started? Carl's going to kill me for this. I'm not sure. I feel like it was like, more than it's two, been, more than two years. Yeah, yeah. Less it's than definitely, two. it's definitely been like four years, I think. Okay. All right, I'll, we'll link it in the show notes. For sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely we'll more than it. that. Yes. Awesome. Um, I want to go back to, oh, I guess maybe to modify the competitive question, because is you know is it, you know, is the environment competitive? Like, there's not enough food to go around that makes people competitive, or is it the people? in the city that are competitive that makes the environment feel competitive? That's, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think like DC doesn't necessarily have the need for all of these. There's no, there's not many like crazy brands out here that need like photography done or like certain clients and things like that. So 
I think it's the environment that necessarily that that does that, but I also think it's the people that just kind of like are trying to outprice one another. I know that like in the concert game, a lot of people shoot for free and it's really looked down upon because you're just taking work from someone that like needs that money or like somebody that like really does this like on a day to day. Like they really, they, they, this is their, this is their art. This is their work. And I know, like I said, a lot of people just chase that clout and they chase that backstage pass because like they have the money they can make, they can like, they can work for free. Um, but I think it's a mix of both for sure. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cause there, I mean, there is sort of like, I find this with, you know, video content as well that they want, that there's a sort of a race to the bottom or that a lot of clients are what I would call like price shoppers or, um, or what you could call like a poker player price shopper where they like, they front that they're all about the price and then you push on the price and like, well, no, no, we just, we just want to make sure you were worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely, I always say stick to like, stick to your numbers, like stick to your price because if that person really wants to work with you, they'll pay you. And like, it was a big thing for me during graduation season was I had set my price. I knew what I knew what my time was worth. I knew what was, what the work was going to be. Like once I had to edit everything, once I had to shoot everything, shoot everything, then edit it. I knew what it was going to be worth to me and like the money. And when people come to me and say like, Oh, but like we can only spend this much money. I say, okay, well I can make some recommendations to you. Or when you have the person that says, oh, but I know a photographer that'll shoot my photos for 50 bucks and like give me all the photos and I'm, and I'll tell them that's great. Yep. Go to them. Yep. And like have them take the pictures. <laughs> Call and, them. And they'll, and they'll come back and be like, yeah, but your photos are better. I'd be like, okay, so pay for it. Yep. So I think it's a big thing about sticking to your numbers, sticking to that and realizing that like, hey, that brand wanted to pay you less miss that opportunity just like the right opportunity will come around and someone will because you realize once that person like tries to like negotiate with you like that and just tries to like lowball you like that it's going to be like that the entire relationship and they're going to think that oh, okay this person went down to 50 dollars for this shoot okay we'll we'll be able to do that for as long as we have this person and I've definitely been, I've definitely been guilty of that. I've definitely <clears throat> like taken the low ball offer, but now like after like having the experience that I've had, I, I know when to say no to people and when, and sometimes like don't even say no, just, just tell them, you know what? I have someone else for you. Um, I, I had someone come to me, they low balled me really badly and I knew somebody at the time that was charging around what they were looking for. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to be able to work with you just because like, this is my rate and I'm not gonna be able to go below that, but I do know somebody for you. Let me connect you with them just so that that way you don't leave like a sour taste in their mouth and just be like, Oh, screw that guy. Cause like, yeah, if you can't so full of help them somehow, at least exactly. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about or like you want to like anything, yeah. anything you got going on or upcoming projects? Uh, yeah. So a weird, so weird thing that not many people know is I'm also a DJ and that's how I started in the concert and music industry here in this city. And it was a very, 
people get super confused because a lot of people knew me in the industry here as like one of the local DJs and one of the people that was playing Echo Stage, 930 Club, Soundcheck, whatever, whatever venue it was. And now they see me with a camera and they get super confused. Okay. It's a very... Are they like, oh, you sold out, dude? Or are you like, are you still doing DJs? Or yeah, they, they ask. Um, they, they ask, they're like, wait, like, I thought you were, like, I thought you were a DJ when they see me with a camera. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, just like a different thing. A lot of people ask, do you prefer, like, what's better, DJing or photography? And I say, like, oh, each one has, a, brings a different sort of expression and a different uh, energy to it. And I still do DJ sets here and there. Uh, it's kind of a rare occurrence now, which I've kind of branded it as that. Like, oh, it's a rare DJ set. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Like the last show I did, I got on stage and I was like, hey, guys, a lot of you see me with a camera around here. Don't have a camera this time. Uh, so I would like to play some music for you guys. And it's a really good time. And I think just each is a different way. Is Each has its unique way of like getting the attention of people and being able to express yourself. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, upcoming projects, upcoming uh, things in your life that you, that maybe you want to talk about or anything you're looking forward to? Upcoming things. Upcoming. I'm looking forward to the summer, like summer music festival season happening right now. Um, a lot of the concerts coming up that are really cool. A lot of really good ones coming up. I'm trying to get more into working with brands on social media. I'm trying. I think a big thing for me that. My friend Mimi, uh, she goes by Mimi the Cool Cat. She's one of the, like, she works at a lot of brands here in DC and she's an amazing graphic designer and an artist. She has been pushing me, while she is one of the girls that I take a lot of pictures of, she's been pushing me to work with brands and, like, send stuff to brands. So she convinced me to send photos to Amtrak and Amtrak ended up just reposting my photos and, like, building a relationship with them. Uh, we took some photos for Phil's coffee. Uh, we're trying to do some content for boosted boards. So we'll see boosted boards. If you're listening to this, yeah. send me a skateboard, another skateboard, please need to review it and keep it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll review it. I'll take pictures of it. It'll be great. Yep. There you go. Awesome. Uh, well, Luca, where can we find your work, websites, yeah, Instagram? So, so my Instagram is Ruka underscore V. I don't, the reason it's Ruka is because somebody called me that in middle school and it's stuck forever. So it's R-U-C-C-A underscore V. My website is LucaVaselli.com. And yeah, that's primarily where you can find me. Cool, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. Thanks for listening to the Jordan P. Anderson podcast. Before we swipe away and go on to the next episode, I want you guys to go to jordanpanderson.com to sign up for my daily newsletter where we're talking about strategy, marketing, branding for creative small businesses. So if you're a creative small business, I want you guys to sign up at jordanpanderson.com. I'll see you there.